comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Uh, hello, this is Guillermo del Toro, and you're listening to Out Now Podcast. Hello. We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and Abe is still not here. He's too scared, because this is another bonus horror episode. We've been doing these all month. Um, every Friday of the month, we've been releasing new, fun bonus episodes where we talk about the various decades of horror films. We started off with the 20s through the 40s. We then had a 50s, 60s conversation, and last week we released our 70s episode, also referred to as that 70s horror episode. Um, this week we have... The 80s. We're going to go over the 80s. We're going to go over kind of B-movie fun, gore, slasher films, spoofs, and plenty of other stuff. And uh, with me today, as usual, we have from Naptown Nerd and Why So Blue, Brandon Peters. How about you run that through the old computer, Teddy? And, <laughs> and from JoeBlow.com, we have Jimmy O. I really don't have one. Oh, killer, Mommy. Killer. Killer. That's that's my quote. Good I'm one. sorry. I didn't think about this. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, well, Jason, unfortunately, cannot shame you at this moment because he was not able to make it for this week's recording. But he will be back next week. Hopefully, Abe will be back, too, when we talk about the 90s up to now for, you know, our final a finale of our horror series. But with that said, we're in the 80s. And you guys have just said that you think the 80s is the best decade for horror. Yes. 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 It's just it's a rock star era for horror. Horror is everywhere, anywhere, anything. <clears throat> it's crazy. It's well, what, what was it? Height. But between 80, 80, 81, 82, I think every single horror film that came out in the theaters was made money. It was a hit. And I mean, they were, you know, obviously they didn't cost a lot, but man, they, they, I, they were awesome. Man, the the slasher movies, man. It's funny you say that because you, yeah, you talk about yeah the um the horror movies were successful and they cost a little, but the other thing is, and I'm not. I can't say how critically hailed a lot of horror movies were from the other decades because we really haven't got into that that much. But it seems like there was a lot of critical backlash at what was going oh, on in the eighties. Well, oh yeah, this was a, this was the beginning. I, I well, I think the seventies too. But this really, like, I, I know uh, what after uh, Halloween, uh, Roger Ebert and, and Gene Siskel raved about Halloween. But every other horror movie that came after that, they're like, "This is garbage. This is disgusting. This is misogynist." And I find I, I always find it ironic because I you know I know they have the you know the the, the, the hot girl with the titties and and then she's being like murdered and and whatever. But why is it always the lead girl is like tough and amazing and great a great character and just cool? I love that. I think I don't I don't think they're I, I don't know there's something special about that. I thought that, yeah. I thought they're awesome. I thought they made chicks look cool. I really well, do. Yeah, and I mean. They also gave credence to like the normal girl. Granted, some of these mm-hmm. were still pretty in their own right, but they weren't the the traditionally most attractive, super hot girl in the movie either. Yeah, could and, I mean, couldn't we seriously just do an entire podcast on Jamie Lee Curtis horror films alone? I mean, we can do plenty of oh, stuff yeah. next October, Jimmy. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. There's a lot of cool ideas. This is a, I mean, this is a fun thing to do for October. Talk about horror stuff. Well, so, let's see. But, also, with but, the, what fascinates me about eighty through eighty four with the, the golden era of this the slasher is they're all knocking off Halloween. 
especially mm-hmm. in 8081, but it's so cool to see a people doing what they can with so little and B seeing what they take from a movie and use as a strength. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like they all yeah. take something different from Halloween. <laughs> they yeah. all yeah. they all get something out. Some of them get the same things out of it. Some of them get new things. But then they kind of like the Friday the 13th series kind of capitalizes and figures out what like the pop audience would want from you know the, the slasher overall when you see it yeah. headed. And I but I can oh. certainly I can see where the where the not revilness but like I can see where the criticisms come from where you look at Halloween and I feel like I see a substantially different movie than I see when I watch Friday the Thirteenth which is not which is I don't necessarily agree with the to the degree of the hate that it, they those movies get but I certainly am not a big fan of that series compared to Halloween. How well, dare you? But yeah, I agree. I do agree. I, I get it. I mean, they're they're not great films, but they are they are like the meat and potatoes of horror. They're TNA, yeah. they're gore, and they know what they are. They don't try to do anything differently. They're fun. Some excel, some plot, but they're all... The, the Friday the yeah. 13th is the one of, of the big franchises that what they have over the other ones is you could just grab a random one, pop it in, and have a good time. Like The, mm-hmm. the other ones kind of have you know, weaving stories and stuff like... Jason's kind of like just... what Which campfire tale version of Jason is this? Absolutely, absolutely. And, I, I love Jason. I'm and a that's, huge but, Jason fan. But the, the thing with the we maybe not hitting on that doesn't affect didn't affect me so much because I I was I was born I was born in eighty two and I, I had to experience these in like, you know, the big time VHS era and stuff, but through eighty to eighty four it was like every weekend had like one to two of these coming out and it was driving mm-hmm. people nuts. It, and, yeah, and that's the thing. And, I didn't live through money. that so I don't have the tiresome yeah, no, they all made money. It was what and, people, the kids went to see. But yeah, kids were taking back horror at this mm-hmm. time. The teens were, but like for me, like I didn't live through that, you know, tiresome era of seeing trailers for these things, mm-hmm. you know, it, and a new one popping up. It's funny you mentioned it because I mean, and we can get to this in the next episode. But I'm, you know, I, I also I'm younger than you, and the I guess my only comparison I have is the Saw series, where I see these coming out, you know, every every year, let alone the various imitators that spawn because of that subgenre of horror which yeah. we'll get to and the mislabeling of torture porn with saw but we'll get to that later um but it's the kind of thing where i wasn't a fan of the first saw movie either let alone the rest of that series and so i became i also became not necessarily fed up i wasn't going out of my way to say don't see this but at the same time i see where that kind of exhaustion comes from um so you look at you know these friday the 13th movies which I mean, yeah, they there's, were, there's, a, there's a ton the of franchise. That was the franchise. It was. And, oh, yeah. And so, like, what does it mean? To, to, what does it mean when the top franchise of that time, when you have all these other ones coming out that aren't getting the same acclaim as Friday the 13th, what does that mean when that top franchise that's the most popular is still not getting their kind of acclaim that, that other movies have or that other horror movies have, I guess? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's funny to me. I, I maybe it's nostalgia, and I think it might might very well be. But I can watch a movie from the '80s. I can watch a horror film. I, whatever. He knows you're alone. Final exam. Whatever. I have fun. I enjoy watching them. Happy birthday to me. One of my mm-hmm. favorites. Oh, I love. Yes, I, thank you. Oh, I love. So Happy good. So good. And, and I still have fun watching them. It's because they were short. They were to the point. They, 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 there was something that really cool about them, and again, maybe it's nostalgia. Well, here's what what it I is love for me movies. too. Like the '80s, a lot of the '80s horror movies, if they're not effective in scaring you anymore, they still have a fun factor to them that I think yes. stands out. Cool. That they're still they're just fun to watch. And 
Another that's, thing, that's fair. Yeah, I agree with that. Because, yeah. I mean, we're coming off of the 70s where we talked last week about how they're very experimental, they're gritty, and they're very dark. I mean, in the mm-hmm. same decade that we have Taxi Driver, we have Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Both of yeah. those movies don't end with everyone being all hunky-dory. <laughs> so it's it coming to a place of the 80s where it's like, let's just throw like as much money as we need at this thing so we can create some cool makeup effects and have a fun mm-hmm. hip cast and just let them go nuts for with some filmmakers in the woods for over a weekend or whatever. Yeah, well, I- Fun is the, the the important factor. They are fun. They don't they don't disgust you. Even the really gory ones. They, they, I mean, the MPAA was all over these movies. So mm-hmm. generally, you didn't have one that was super gory. But even the gory ones, you're still even like like the well, the, look at the, Evil uh, Dead. Look at the Evil Dead movies. Yeah, so the first. Yeah. I mean, the, I mean, those are those are the most terrifying horror or whatever the ultimate experience in grueling terror or whatever <laughs> and they certainly try to deliver on that especially when you see it in context of the times and not looking at it now you get mm-hmm. you see a ton of gore and a ton of visual effects to kind of disgust you but it is still fun to watch those right things. another it, it, you know what me, they are they're groovy, um, they're groovy. Yeah. <laughs> thank you for, for me going back when i was growing up and i was like you know discovering things on in vhs and stuff a lot of people, you know, they're watching like, you know, Breakfast Club a million times over. Like these were standing in for like my teen movies as well mm-hmm. for me growing up. So I was, you know, I was, you know, having my teen like comedy stuff with these characters going and getting knocked off one by one. That's a fun and way enjoying to put that. it. That's a fun mm-hmm. way to put it because like, like, I'm not a guy that group that, you know, was huge on John Hughes films. But I did, despite distaste for certain ones of these movies, I did watch, I did enjoy a lot of these horror movies when I was growing up in terms like, of yeah, I can yeah. tell you more about these characters I watched get knocked off in Friday the 13th movies than I can like John Hughes movies mm-hmm. and, and like private school and whatever movies were coming out then. I mean, there I have my handful of 80s comedies I love. Better Off Dead's awesome. But yeah. um, like... Just watching these horror movies with all these different lineups of teens, like I'm getting so much flavor and so many like, you know, stereotypes and like all the pop culture of the time like thrown into these movies, and that's what you know, I was growing up with. So they were my you know de facto teen movies as well. Yeah, and, and I mean, keep in mind this was the decade of the Bogans, so and you don't get much better than that. Um, the Bogans well, are awesome, man. I, I, I get, I get where you're going for. The Bogans has Rebecca Balding. Come on, she was in that and Silent Scream, which was awesome. Well, uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that. Um, I, dude, how are we going to get to all of these? I don't know, it, but it, let's let's try. It let's will take, take 24 hours. 24 hours. Let's try. Let's do. Let's this. try. Let's uh, let's go. Let's go through. <laughs> let's go through 1980. Uh, oh my God. Oh no, thing. that's. Oh, Dude, There's a the, lot because we get Friday the Thirteenth in there. That's that's we one. got we got the al- alligator. Which we got alligator with Robert Forster. Right. We got one of the best horror movies ever made from 1980, and that's the Changeling with George C. Scott. That, oh, yeah. that is the haunted house movie, and it's freaking brilliant. Yeah, it's like is that on Blu-ray, Brandon? Uh, yeah, uh, uh, the, I have uh, it on DVD. It might be yeah. in foreign territories. I'm not sure if it's on. I can find should out. Should be. Should be. Let me go to my little app here. And we also have the. I, I, it's like I, I hate to jump around, but we have the like the Jamie Lee Curtis thon that year. Yeah, and through eighty. Train. We have freaking the fog. This the is fog. just we had the fog. We had yeah. the fog. Yeah, we had uh, what was the other one? I know we had another one of her prom night. Prom night. Oh my God, this is it's. This Terror, no Terror Train. Terror Train, not prom. Terror, Terror Train. train no prom night too, man. Oh yeah, it is no, prom, prom night. Yeah. Was eighty one. No, yeah, it's no, 80. Prom Night's 80, yeah. Prom Night's yeah. oh, jeez. And then she had yeah. that one with Stacey Keach, too. Um, yeah, the, um, the, the... The Australian the, movie. Um, yeah, uh... 
It's a, the hitchhiker one. I, it's I the only one that's roadkill. Road, roadkill, yeah. Road, some no, it's not roadkill. Road games, sorry. Road game, okay. Yeah, not Rogaine. Rogaine, road games. Yeah. Rogaine is a different one. Thank you. <laughs> then we have the shining. We have the shining, which sake. is a movie I love. I <laughs> no, love no, the shining. Just... Uh, it, it, like we can talk about these other the slash movies. We can talk about the gun, the gory fun stuff. I love the shining. The, the shining. shining is fantastic, dude. Oh, I man, love that it's... film. It's beautiful. One of the most beautifully shot horror movies ever. Yeah. And it, I wish I'd love to see that on like an IMAX screen. I'd yeah. Just like I'd, opening hall. Oh. I'd love. Why can I ask something about The Shining though? Why all the hate for Shelley Duvall? I think Honestly, she's I don't fantastic. know. I don't. Get Isn't it. she great? In this I, yeah, movie? I think she is too. I I, I agree. I think she's I, actually. I would say she's at, she's at least on par with uh, Nicholson. I think. I, I I don't I don't know. I guess it's people say she's annoying. I guess I just and I just. I don't know what other reaction that character would have. They have bad that. memories of fairy tale theater. Is that what? Yeah, I mean? I, no, because that was before fairy tale theater. I yeah, think. It yeah, yeah, so, it was. Yeah, it was. so it, it's. It, I think it was maybe olive oil. No, Popeye came out in eighty. Popeye was eighty one or eighty two. I, I mean, or, I always thought like her old stuff when I see her stuff. I think she's always been pretty enjoyable. She's oh, she's, she's great. A little bluesy, but I think that's her thing. That's yeah, why I think I, it works so well in The Shining. Yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 it's this, this person, Shelley Duvall, you don't expect her to get you know hacked up by an axe in a movie. So it's like, oh, no, she's in this situation that's terrible. Like, I feel I bad for, for her. Now I want to watch it again. Now I'm like, I'm having The, the Shining. I, I got to go. I'm going to go watch The Shining. And I mentioned last week how uh, creepy kid movies, those tend to get me. The the, the little girls in The Shining, that's a, that's oh, a horror. That's, a horror. So... that's one of my least, I mean, favorite slash least favorite standing. horror images because I, that's a one that I can't get out of my head if I see it somewhere. Come play with us, Dad. Let alone just the like the sheer weirdness that comes from seeing like the you know the, like the guy in the bed with the guy in the bear costume like <laughs> doing stuff with them like and then just looking at the it's like just things like that. Kubrick really what does that a mess with people. Say, um, how about the the woman in room two three seven? Don't even get oh, me started on that stuff. When you see them, oh my gosh, that was like as a as a youngster, I was like, oh wow, oh no, yeah, wow, what a great Urban. movie, what a great flick. All right, I, it's still one of my favorites. Stephen from... King disagrees, but hey. Yeah, I know. I, well, it's okay. He's check got out my don't, miniseries. Don't worry, he's got Stephen Weber's miniseries. He can live in yeah, happy, exactly. he can live in happiness with that. Let's talk about Friday the Thirteenth real quick. We did already a bit, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, cer- I certainly acknowledge, you know, what's going on in that movie, the, the things that went into making that movie, how it works, the first person perspective, the Betsy Palmer mm-hmm. character. I mean, there's a lot to admire about it. Just, it well, it the, the doors open for the slasher, though. Mm-hmm. That was yeah. that was the way it did. It really did, and it, it, it was it was one of those, you know, when I watch it again, I've seen that movie probably a hundred times. I, I, I've seen it so many times, that and Halloween. I, I, I find that, you know, people trash it, people trash the character development, but you know what? Hell, I go, well, I've watched that movie, and I like those people. I like every single one of those characters. I mean, they're not, like, brilliantly written. You're not going to see any of them get an Oscar, but, and it's Kevin Bacon. Come on, man. The Baconator. Yeah, bacon. It's the Baconator. He gets a great death. Yeah. In the rated cut. In the rated cut. <laughs> In the unrated cut, you, like, see it too long, and you can see all the effects going on. Yeah. But it's, yeah, it's a, it's a classic slasher death, is that one. And it has that... So it has that sting ending. We didn't talk about that last week either, but Carrie has, like, that classic sting ending where, like, you know, mm-hmm. ah, things at the ground and credits. Is there Were there movies before that that did that? Can you I didn't hear what you just said. So, so, what do... so there's the, 
there's the ending of Carrie where the art like and I'm re- referencing this because of Friday the 13th where Jason comes out of the water at the end mm-hmm. um and in and, and we so that's like a kind of a stinger ending is there an ending like that that exists before Carrie cuz I feel like Carrie is one of the ones that gets credit for doing it first for horror Well I think so I mean I think there I'm trying to think of one specific There's the one. there's the like Twilight Zone esque endings that Yeah that's what I, yeah that's what I can always yeah. I can point to but I mean in terms of like a, like a, a, a cuz it's a it's a jump scare that's what it is Yeah, yeah. Like, it is Twilight Zone you know coincidence irony whatever you want to call it like oh but this is worse than ever kind of ending it's not over at all but there's then there's the you know here's something that just pops out and freaks you the hell out at the end of the movie when you don't want to expect it. And I'm trying to think if there's another movie besides Carrie that did that before. Well, I mean, Halloween kind of had its version of it. It wasn't a jump scare, but it was a very, you yeah. know, you, you're left with that breathing and that that each of the rooms he was in and he's gone. Where the heck yeah. is he? So, you, but it, yeah, yeah, definitely wasn't that kind of I I remember sitting with my friend watching that original Friday the 13th and he was really, really too young and he was really terrified of these movies. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, cool. I'm going to scare the crap out of him because I'd seen it in the theaters uh, like on a on the on the big screen. So I'm like, oh, cool, cool. And when that part came, he jumped like freaking five feet in the air and he screamed like a little girl. And I was like, haha. Then we watched Friday the 13th part two. And he was just, I, I don't think, he, I think he had nightmares all night. I laughed. That was funny. <laughs> Garbage <laughs> bag. Um, so, yeah, I guess if anyone knows of a horror movie before Carrie that does have, like, a shocking twist, like, stinger ending like that, please feel free to email us at outnowpodcast.gmail.com or just post it on the Facebook page when this episode comes out. Yeah. Um, but with that said, let's move on now. Let's get to 81. Um, right off the bat, I know American <sighs> Terrible Wow. Um, One of my favorites. One of my favorites. Uh, the, the, what, that was the year of the uh, the uh, the uh, McCullough, the werewolf. Two fantastic werewolf Is, films. Which mm-hmm. was it? Howling. Howling came out then. The Howling and the American yeah. Werewolf. That's something. I mean, I feel like the, I mean we talked about this last week too, where where I was mentioning how you know the classic movie monsters were kind of fading at this point, where we weren't getting as many. We weren't getting the traditional Dracula, Mummy, Frankenstein, whatnot character. We we're getting less and less and less of those, and we only had maybe maybe a couple. I felt like Brandon, you mentioned the uh, uh, Frankenstein movie, I yeah, believe, yeah. in the 70s, and obviously there was the the uh, the various Dracula movies. But I feel like the werewolf became became big again in the 80s. Like there was that there was these mm-hmm. two obviously. But that, well, that was also the year that the uh, the the they created the Academy Award for special effects mm-hmm. or for makeup effects to, for, for makeup effects. Excuse me, yeah, for American Werewolf. Which, which is still my uh, favorite, which, werewolf, one. which is still my favorite werewolf transformation. Dude, scene. that movie holds up on every level. I agree. Yeah, perfectly, perfect. The Howling, I still think, holds up really well too. It's a and D. Wallace is free. D. Wallace was another amazing. He's a horror movie. icon. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god! But there's something about the the mixture of humor and horror, and uh, there's this my American. Werewolf in London is those rare that rare film where you're terrified one minute and then you're laughing hysterically at the next and and it works on every level, you know. He, I, he, even the casting is perfect. John Landis really really hit 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 a home run with that play because I, I feel like he got it. He got what makes what can make horror work both as an effective visceral experience while also knowing how to calm the situation down without making it seem goofy or making it seem too dry mm-hmm. like it, it, mm-hmm. he, he keeps the energy going in two different ways of, of you know humor and comedy which many other directors have been able to accomplish since then as well but landis yeah. certainly he's one of the you know 
aside from like some of the kind of darker humor or whatnot you'd find in maybe uh, De Palma films or or even even some Hitchcock movies. I mean, Landis with American Werewolf in London, he did a great job of making that movie they like did a, a good comedy yeah, and a good fantastic horror, fantastic job, and a good zombie that, film too. That, 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 too. Yeah, the, between that and Blues Brothers, I think those are my favorite of his films. So he just he it was not to get too off track, but Blues Brothers was a great action movie with a yeah. musical with a comedy. I mean, he really knew how to mix genres, and but I think American Werewolf is a prime example and still one. Again, I mean, I just I don't know if he went to Halloween Horror Nights at Universal, but that maze is brilliant because it just it uses all the beauty of that that movie and 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 ah it. It was like living through that movie, and I'm like, I want to do this again and again and again. And yeah, I, I love that film. I, I mean, I, I I like Joe Joe Dante a lot, and like the Howling, I I think is okay. I'm not a huge Howling fan, but American Werewolf in London, that movie does it for me. That's just a well, that's just a solid experience. I love the script for the Howling, and I love the the kind of weirdness, uh, the weird vibe to it. And I, I, I again, it's it's one of my favorite horror films. But yeah, for me, American Werewolf is just perfection, just perfection. We got a couple of uh, we, I mentioned Italian horror last week, and we get a little bit more of that the here beyond. Too, because we get the, the Beyond exactly. That's what oh, I love that we get movie. Lucio, Lucio Fulci's movie. Um, what a weird flick! Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Th- that came wow. out on Blu-ray recently too, Brandon, I believe, right? Yeah, I know Arrow had one. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, that, that's, that's all we have. To... Yeah, that's really all I got to get. <laughs> The, the spiders, yeah, the, 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 there was so much weirdness and uh, and funness in that flick, and it's. That that one I I actually appreciate the the Italian horror more as an as I've gotten older. I when I first saw it as a kid, the, the, I I you would see the you know the VHS with the bad dubbing mm-hmm. and all of that. Yeah. Well, that's how I, they were made too. Yeah, I mean, but nowadays I don't know. Maybe it's the maybe it's the re-release where they you know put all the nice features and the little documentaries they they've really grown on me throughout the years and i've really kind of fallen in love with them on, on, a, on a different level than i did as, when i first saw yeah, i get you on that one yeah i, I just see them as great visual experiences that's what i kind of go for because of the use of color and the use of mm-hmm. just the, the creativity yeah. and it, it, you know it's similar to something like anime where it's just like i marvel at what they view as an effective way to tell a story from a in a visual medium, I think because you, you know you, you know what American films look like, so Italian yeah. films they just seem different, and I, I admire that about them. Not that I necessarily rewatch them a ton or I love them because I have an affinity that goes to different areas more, but I do appreciate what they have to offer. Yeah, exactly. Uh, moving on, we get Evil Dead. Um, so mm-hmm. good. Evil. I mean, I, we've done like Brandon, you and I, we've done two two comment. We've you have to do Army of Darkness commentary, but we've done two commentaries for The Evil Dead. You had a whole retrospective for it. Uh, yeah. I could I talk for days about Evil Dead. We might talk about we, more. Hey, we, Jason and I had the whole You guys had the Evil Dead Fest yeah, in LA last year, which was amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, I think we might, maybe we'll talk more about Evil Dead. I stuff. think it's all clear we're not fans of The Evil yeah. Dead. When yeah, we, clearly we, talk, we don't like it. When we talk about like the 2000s and we talk about horror remakes, I think we'll talk about more about Evil Dead then. But I mean, for right now, I can just say Evil Dead Trilogy... Um, it's one of my favorite trilogies of all time. It's it's certainly my favorite horror trilogy because I don't think there are many horror trilogies. <laughs> Actually, there's more no. you know, quadrilogies and bit beyond. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, even, yeah, not Romero anymore because he has all those other terrible zombie movies. But um, <laughs> I they're like, not all. I like Land of the Dead. Um, yeah. But yeah, but yeah, Evil Dead. I think you right. Watch that movie in the right mood, and it's still just incredibly effective. Um, just in terms of what Sam Raimi was doing with his camera. 
at that time with you know some help from these these brothers Cohen that did something later on that I forget about but um they've done a couple movies. They, did, they did a couple indie things yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, just all the right things fell into place for to be a horrible filming experience that turned into kind of a phenomenon for today. So. And it's still gross. Oh yeah, I yeah. Oh, yeah. The end, the end when they're melting away is disgusting. Still, yeah. It's yeah. It, Cream it is, corn. It's yeah. So mm. good, so good. We get a couple sequels in '81 uh, as well. We get Friday the Thirteenth Part Two and Halloween Part Two. I'd imagine those were very like anticipated movies. Is that fair to say? Halloween oh, Two. Oh uh, yeah. No, they both. Were. Like, they both. Were. Well, yeah, but yeah. No, Halloween well, Two that... is like, oh, the granddaddy's coming back. What are they gonna do? Like so, yeah. let's see. Friday came out May first. When did Halloween Two come out? Was it an October movie? It was October thirtieth. Yeah, it was. <laughs> okay. That's when they yeah. actually used to. To come out on Oct- in, around Halloween, yeah, which was cool. Yeah, but I, I, you know, it's funny about those two movies; they feel very similar. Both of them have a hammer kill, and but yeah. there's something about both of them that, be, and you know, I you know, with Halloween too, uh, Carpenter went back and kind of redirected a couple of scenes to uh, make it a little gorier. Oh, to make it better, yeah. you mean? Yeah, to make it better. <laughs> no, that that TV no, he did. He did. Apparently, close to. Uh, Rosenthal's original vision, and that's ooh. I got to get me that that Halloween box set, man. People who have that, I hate because I'm jealous. I'm yeah. just horribly jealous of all of you. So okay, there you that's go. Nice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, just kidding, God, don't get. So Let me go pet it real quick. We also we <laughs> also had we also had another legendary sequel. It's called Piranha Two: The Spawning from a little director named James Cameron. Jim yeah, Cameron. yeah, yeah, Flying Fish. Yeah. Okay, that's really all we need to talk about that. Although, you know what? I love the fact that he made, he was like sitting there making. You could tell the guy was like beyond your typical director because he was sitting there making the fish and. Well, I mean, it's his know. it's his David Fincher Alien Three situation, right? I mean, it's yeah. like, wants to do a lot, just can't do all the time. So. Absolutely, absolutely. We had and o- then we have we had the Omen Three as well, the final conflict with final Sam Neill. Sam Neill. Yeah, I you know I, I need I remember not really digging that flick uh, when I was like, when I was younger, but I wonder I wonder if it's a good watch. I again. watched it not too long ago. It was it was okay. I still stand by the Omen too. Okay, okay. Damien. We we also have that 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 decade that year we have probably one of the best the I still say it's the best spoof horror spoof in student bodies. That thing is hilarious. You know, I've never seen student bodies. Horse <laughs> head bookends. It's hilarious. It's I. I have, have, has anyone? Am I the only one that's seen student bodies? You are. I have never seen. Student I've bodies. never seen student they, bodies. They, they have like this. You know, there's a great moment. Not to spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. In the mo- middle of the movie, they don't really have any violence or anything too major. So this newscaster comes on and says, because this movie's rated R, because we have haven't really shown anything f you and then it goes back to the movie. i mean honestly it, it is this was miles above like the scary movie flicks I, I i highly recommend you search student bodies out it's ridiculous and stupid but it's fun very cool um we all forgot yeah. to mention, uh, toby toby hooper directed a slasher yeah in the too, the fun uh, House. one of the most underrated i love this movie so say the, much. say the title again the 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 Fun House. Oh, the fun yeah, house. with Elizabeth Barrage from Amadeus. Hmm. And she was great. You've never seen The Fun House? I, I haven't. I'm sorry. <laughs> what? 
I, okay, yeah, it's, no, it's, a, it's a crazy, it, there's craziness to it, there's some cool, like, kills and chases, it's got great, like, atmosphere, because they're trapped inside a fun house. Yeah, no, it, 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 honestly, I highly, it's one we, of my we, favorite We talked slashers. about this, I think, when, when the, um, when the collector, when the, 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 the sequel to the collector came out, I think you and Jason were comparing it to the fun house in a lot of ways, because that movie has some similar stuff Possibly. going on. Yeah. Possibly. I forgot that whole conversation. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, well, let's move on. Cause, I mean, we don't have so much time here. Um, let's move on yeah. to the 82. Um, obviously a big geek year. Was it a big geek year for horror? Uh, we had Creepshow. Um, oh, Amityville 2. Amityville 2. Basket Case, yeah. Oh, Basket Case was great. We have uh, The Boogans. Oh my good! You mentioned the boogies. Yeah, oh, the cat so people remake. Cat people remake the... with Paul, Paul Schrader's cat people remake. Kinski. Yeah, there you go. That was a good one. Dorm that drew Creep. blood, which is a is a is a fun it's a fun little like it was a college film, right? And it got yeah. ended up getting a wider release. Some guys that like uh, was it UC, USC or UCLA just made a made a slasher, and it had Daphne Zuniga in it for a little bit, and yeah. it's got one of one of the best reveals of the killer ever. Where there's two people laughing, and the one guy go, the one guy tells the girl, "You know what? It was me," and that's <laughs> pretty much how he. It's kind of a cool flick. Killer. It's it's very cheesy, yeah. but it's a pretty cool flick. I love I like that movie. No, I do, then, I do too. Yeah. Oh, and then of course we have you know another battling uh, franchise, Friday the Thirteenth Part Three, and Halloween, Halloween Three, three. Season of the Witch. Question mark? Question mark? Season of the Witch. But that movie holds up better than I expected. Yeah. I, I just rewatched it because I hated it when I first saw it. I was like, that was the worst. We all did. Piece of crap. Of course, because it's not Michael. Yeah, but, because, yeah. And uh, you know for, what? Pe- for people that aren't familiar, obviously Halloween 3 was the film that they made as kind of a taken in a different direction as opposed to having Michael Myers again. They went to a completely different area where they're like, let's just do something else and make it a bit more of an anthology series. Obviously, the fans which, did not like that. Which was no. a huge moment because had that worked, can you imagine what horror would have been like the rest of the decade? Probably the yeah. wouldn't have had to rely on Jason. Mm-mm. No, like, it, it weirdly didn't really rely on Jason. Like that, I mean, it, it does, obviously, but I mean, in terms of like the first movie has no well, Jason's yeah. not really a factor. The second one, it's not even mm. the Jason that most people think of. It's the bar- the garbage bag Jason or whatever. And then you Halloween get, Part Three is awesome though. That's why it also has Dean Cundey. That's awesome. a big factor. Sorry. And for which one? Yes. For- uh, Friday the Thirteenth Part Three was That's good. Dean that was three D. No, no, no. Yeah. Halloween that, Three was no, Dean Halloween Three was Dean Cundey. Yeah, Friday the yeah. Thirteenth. But yeah, Halloween. I mean, Friday the Thirteenth. That one gets you the, the hockey mask that most people associate. Yes, it does. So, I mean, it's and already it was in three like, D, and it was awesome. You was weird. If, you, if you've never seen it in theater in three D, you try to see it that way because it is. It's just cheesy fun. It certainly fits the kind of William Castle. Well, it was the one that brought back three D for the eighties. That was the first. Yeah first one and then it it, it grew on for like a, a wait year. no what that wasn't the first one wasn't it uh, yeah parasite came before that didn't it? well no no friday the 13th part three paramount had to buy theaters across the nation a new projector so they could mm-hmm. screen it wait a sec i gotta see what t- what year a uh, parasite was. parasite's the same was, year it was the same year but there were other movies that came out um oh, sorry okay. coming out but friday the 13th part three is it weird that like to me it feels odd that like friday the 13th part two and part three are both directed by Steve Miner, but feel like they were directed by two completely different people. Yes, I do. I agree. It's really weird because, yeah, it's just there's it feels completely different. He's just a huge talent, you, you I just, guess. <laughs> yeah. or, the, or it was someone else kind of going, eh. 
yeah, you know what, we need this shot. Well, you yeah, mentioned okay, the Dean Cundy factor. That. I think that could make yeah, a difference as well. Probably could. Um, do you guys like Creepshow? Yes, I do. Yeah. I like the original quite a bit. I mean, I've, I've still yet to see Creepshow 2, actually, but I hear good things about that. I don't Creepshow 2 has, like, two sections that are awesome, and the rest are kind of, eh. Is that still Romero, or is it somebody else? I think that was Romero, but uh, I, th- I think so. So, But You're at the time, you get, you get George A. Romero and Stephen King making the movie together. That seems like a yeah. neat idea, right? For like mm-hmm. time. Right. We, we didn't have many horror anthology films, I don't believe. No, well, I mean, there are always... We have, like, Twilight that. Zone stuff or whatever, but that's, that's not Trilo- even the movie. Trilogy thing. of Terror. Yeah, Trilogy that, of Terror. You had yeah. uh, the uh, Asylum movie. I forgot what year that was. Uh, I think it was called Asylum. or something like that. Creepshow 2 uh, is Michael Gornick. Okay. Oh, okay. No wonder it wasn't quite as good. It's it's still good, but it, it wasn't as from, bad as Creepshow George. 3. Yeah. <laughs> Which we won't even talk about here, because that was bad. I think my... Because my, my, I like the concept of horror anthologies. My main issue is a lot of them just run too long. Um, you get the... Something, a good you know 90-minute horror movie, I'm fine with that. But something like a two-hour horror movie... Regardless of like having multiple segments and whatnot, it's it just tires me out, which is why like the first VHS I'd really disliked, but the second one, which is a lot tighter yeah. and shorter, it works for me. And something like Creepshow, mm-hmm. I really like a lot of the segments of Creepshow a lot, especially Stephen King's one cracks me up with him getting mo- meteor moss all over him or whatever. But yeah. uh, there's just like it it does go on for a while. And George A. Romero, as I kind of described last week, he's not the most dynamic director. So I mean, there's a <laughs> there's a you have him just doing his, you know, his regular George A. Romero thing, but like five or six times with short films, it can kind of stretch out for a time being. That's not necessarily the, the best for me. But, uh, oh, how dare you! <laughs> I do. I mean, I like Creepshow. I have it. It's great on Blu-ray. It's like very colorful. I'm uh, sure. <laughs> all right. Well, what else? What else happened? Okay. Well, there's. Uh, okay. Well, let's. I mean, there's so many good slasher films from that year again, but I think honestly, the big surprise for me was the PG-rated Poltergeist. Yep, which is yep. terrifying. Fantastic. Another one that holds up today perfectly well. Who directed it, though? Who directed it? Uh, that is the question. Was it Steve Miner? Even... <laughs> 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 no, that was, that was uh, Lucia Fulci. <laughs> that, that is the question. But yeah, we, got, yeah I, we have Toby I, Hooper's... Wonder... We get Steven Spielberg presents Toby Hooper's Poltergeist, and yeah, there is a lot of kind of Word going around about that that went around about how involved Steven Spielberg was, and I I feel like I mean yeah it's fun to say Steven Spielberg directed Poltergeist or whatnot, but it does feel like more of he was just there a lot. <laughs> he was in yeah, the same neighborhood yeah, as ET, yeah. and he was just there. He wrote you know he wrote like he co-wrote the screenplay, right, dude? Yeah, he was he, very active in Pol- he Like he wanted to direct Poltergeist, but he couldn't he was because doing a little movie called was, ET. Yeah, he was on yeah. ET, and and he couldn't like take. I mean, he probably overstepped his bounds with his contract on <laughs> with uh, Poltergeist and stuff. But, like, yeah, that and Gremlins, I think he really wanted to direct, but wasn't, you know, he pulled to other projects. Are you sharpening a knife? Is that what's going on? Yes, I was going to stab somebody. Okay. Okay, well, good. With that okay, in mind, cool. I love <laughs> that. Poltergeist is scary. I mean, it, it's, it is. It's, uh, yeah. it's, you know, it's PG, but who cares? That movie is legit scary. I, I think Didn't it's because... Matter. I think it's because Spielberg and Toby and Toby Hooper and you know everyone involved beyond they recognize things that do scare you. They recognize things like a clown in a kid's room 
is inherently scary. It doesn't need to do anything. It ends up doing stuff, which makes it worse because then you're like, oh, man, it did happen. Or like the scary tree outside the window. It just takes those everyday things and makes it makes it scary. <laughs> it, and how awesome was the cast? In that? The cast, Craig Daniels yeah. and Joe Beth Williams are like a great movie couple. Amazing, I love amazing. amazing. Uh, Joe Beth Williams was kind of uh, another kind of, I don't know, they, they seem like the re- real modern parents and you're you're kind of you can't help but love those guys even even the the kids are awesome in that movie well they were relative nobodies too because that's mm-hmm. what spielberg was going for he wanted his natural and yeah and real couple and it as he feels could. like that i mean they're 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 youngish parents they're smoking pot mm-hmm. in the bed at night they're like mm-hmm. speaking very you know up front and regular with each other it doesn't feel it it doesn't feel too written it just no. it feels very natural, which is what you said, and it does work. And like you know, the kids seem like average. Kids. I mean, Spielberg is the best at getting child performances. I've always thought that, and, I, and regardless of how good Toby Hooper was getting it out of him, I feel like that Spielberg influence. The reason people say that he might have directed the movie is because you really see his fingerprints all over it, and mm-hmm. it looks I like one of his films. It, it does look. It, it does look like, that look. It like, has. Gremlins it does have a look. look too, but yeah. it's got a lot of Joe Dante feel. But the aesthetic is there's like the Spielberg aesthetic right there. Yeah, I agree. But that I said, agree. I mean, I'm not going to not give credit to Sylvie Hooper because his name's, at the end of the day, his name's on the directing board. And, I mean, it's a great movie. <laughs> like, it is a great movie. And and it's, it's really scary, and it and it doesn't, you know, it doesn't take many breaks. It, you know, you, you think the horror's over, and it just begins again, and it's just it's a very satisfying horror experience. I think had Toby Hooper, like, really blown up after Poltergeist and put together a string of really good films, no one would even be questioning it. That's for, no, yeah. I agree with that. I agree with. And it's he a took shame a too, time because... off too between this and oh, what Texas Chainsaw too, right? I mean, there's, yeah. Has, well, I mean, he had Wade Life Force, Life Force, which is incredibly underrated. I agree. That's like yeah, that's three. Movie. That's like three years after Poulter. I mean, beforehand he had, as you guys mentioned, the Fun House, and he had, he had Eaten Alive, in Texas. Like he had these little things going on, and yeah, Poulter guys was like a big summer movie, right? Wasn't it a summer? Yeah. Movie? I, I well, it seems like a lot of times a lot of these, you know, especially yeah, smaller directors or, or indie directors take on a big project, and a lot of times they find success, but a lot of times they kind of disappear. They kind of get buried under the success of it, mm-hmm. you know. And I, I I kind of feel that that happened to him, and I I don't know if maybe he backed off or who knows. It's a, it would be an interesting conversation to have. Yeah. Well. Moving on, just to keep moving, uh, we have one last thing from the '80s or from '82. It's a little. Oh my god! It's called the thing. Yeah, uh, John Carpenter's yeah. one. You know, one of the best remakes of all time. Yes. But regardless, who cares that it's a remake? It's just a damn good movie. I mean, Kurt Russell leading a, a cast of big, big husky men living in Antarctica, uh, dealing with a monster that, you know, is them. <laughs> it's incredible. Yes. And I mean, I watch that terrific. movie now. And I know I know that movie so well. I know the movie beat for beat. I know the lines of dialogue. I love this. I love everything about it. But every time the every time Doc reaches into the chest and it opens up and swallows his arms, it makes me jump a little bit. <laughs> like it yes. almost gets me. It's like oh, yeah. there's, so, there's so much creative makeup effect work going on in the movie. It's incredible. And quite, I mean, was was Carpenter really going that far with like the gore before the thing? Like the fog has some stuff in it that he had to reshoot, really, just because of. Yeah, no, that like, was his. That, that seems was... like that seems like a big div- diversion from you know more of his, like take your time and kind of reveal things slowly type movie. Yeah, that w- that was his kind of introduction because I think after that he started kind of enjoying the relishing in the gore. A he enjoyed more. like making it more poppy. Like I mean, yeah, Big Trouble, Little China. It's a lot more, but even Prince of Darkness, I mean, that's back to the same kind of aesthetic that Halloween mm-hmm. has or whatnot, just mm-hmm. a different way. 
So, yeah, I guess, yeah. Or, but then you get, like, Mouth of Madness, which is, of course, you know, 12 years after the thing, but... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so it's, I guess it's nice to just see him kind of go back and forth on these kind of things. But, yeah, I mean, the thing, obviously, I think we all love the thing. It's incredible. And improving how, how, well, yeah. how well they can do a, do a remake. Remakes aren't all bad, people. No. They're not all bad. No, no they're not. It's quite a few that are actually pretty amazing. Jumping ahead to next year now, we have another John Carpenter film called Christine, uh, where well, again we teams up with, with Stephen King. It's a lot of Stephen King going on in like yes. From, yeah, like, well, he was a you know he was because that year you also have Cujo. Yep. Mm-hmm. D. Wallace. You know, which was was I gotta say really quickly, Cujo is probably one of the most underrated horror films I've ever seen, and I think I truly believe that D. Wallace gave what is at least not Academy Award nomination worthy performance at least. She is fantastic yeah. in that movie. Fantastic. Yeah. And it, had it been a, you know, she could have been the Kathy Bates. Uh, that's why, that's, it, it really is that great of a performance. Yeah, and I mean, horror actors, they were, they, people don't think about it, but they work really hard. I mean, they have to have a mm-hmm. string of emotions and screaming and running and chasing. and I mean, it's it's tough work. It that's is, yeah, I, I oh, think definitely. it's overlooked. I, I agree. I, I just, especially that performance, her dealing with her kid, I, that was a really, really, really fantastic show. And, and that, that, that was a scary flick. That creeped me out. That was terrifying. And it, it was mainly due to her performance and, and the, that dog, man. That was a scary um, dog. One thing we were talking about, King. We'll see him progress. The 80s will have a lot of movies from him, and then once we get closer to the 90s, it'll start creeping to television because a lot of these movies would start not sticking. And I think, was it... Um, it? What, what's his name? Um, Who? Oh, my what? gosh. Who? Dino what? De Laurentiis was, like, funding Dino. a lot of these movies, and yes. they weren't pulling back, and then, like, he ends up forcing him to direct Maximum Overdrive. We haven't talked yeah. about Dino that much, by the way. Um but I mean, he—he, he, I mean, it's more kind of genre film rather than horror film. But he certainly had his hands in a lot of things going on mm-hmm. in this time, like Evil Dead. He had his hand in Halloween too. Yeah. Well, Halloween yeah. too. I mean, yeah, yeah Dino De Laurentiis. I mean, he, yeah, he, as much as a producer, as a lot of these guys that we talked about in the past couple episodes have been, he was certainly a, a, a driving force in getting people into seats to see these movies. <laughs> he yeah, would, he absolutely. would, he would have uh, every Hannibal Lecter movie but Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. Because he didn't think it would work, right, or something? Yeah. Like he didn't... Right, no, Manhunter bombed on him. And yeah. he just, fine, go ahead, make it. Um, <sighs> so what else in 83? We have we have, um, uh, Jaws, a... we have Jaws 3D. <laughs> we have the highly underrated Wow, curtains. that's a good one. Which one, sorry, Brandon? Did curtains. you say curtains? Yes, yes. curtains. See, we, love you curtains. and I, you and I have, like, the same taste. I love that movie so much. I just yes. watched it. That Blu-ray is, mm, phenomenal. Yeah, it's gorgeous, and... It, it's a that's a very strongly creepy little film with a, a nice mystery attached to it. It's not very gory. It's more based on like suspense and creepy imagery. It's it's really cool. Mm-hmm. And it got hidden for many years because it. I mean it. It. Uh, I don't know. Like it was the VHS went out of print or something, and then like you could find it. I think on yeah. DVDs in like a VHS rip, but like it'd be like one of those like. 12 horror movies for $5, mm-hmm. and it'd be some yeah, like the VHS rip of it. So this year was really a coming out to see how like beautiful that film really is. I want to yeah. hit some more highlights so we can just kind of keep moving here, but we had Psycho oh, 2. Psycho 2 came out this year. Yes. Was, was that a film that had like a lot of anticipation at that time? It had oh, a lot yeah, of people absolutely. with their dukes up. <laughs> yeah. 
Because, I mean, it, yeah, obviously, you know, it's not a Hitchcock movie, but it is a sequel to one of the most legendary, you know, kind of thrillers of all time. It's and Anthony, very, and very Anthony Perkins and Vera Miles. Sequel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it was, I think it was anticipated, but there was a lot of people like, why are you even doing this? And it was yeah. also in the midst of the slasher craze, which yes. was, you know, had people against it. And so they probably thought and it was it's a fairly. And it is fairly, it is a little gory, it is a little bit, but it, it's, it's, it's all, it holds up pretty well. It's a pretty decent little movie. I think it's quite good. It's like, it's like The French Connection, too. It's not as good as the first one, but it's still a really good movie in its own, right? Yeah. yeah. Good point, yeah, by I the agree. way, because I do like French Connection, too. I think that is a good movie that doesn't get it. I think Gene Hackman's probably just as good in that movie as he is in the first one, even though the first one's a better movie. Yeah, a lot of those, like, you know, big time, you know, classics that end up getting a sequel. That mm-hmm. just either get like forgotten or just they're not as good, but they're still really good films in their own right. Like that get lost. Mm-hmm. And I think Psycho Two is like that as well. And you mentioned that it's a little gorier. You mentioned that's a little gorier. You let you brought up last week that that Hitchcock. I mean, he did he did a, a get to make a movie that had a lot more gore and or blood and nudity in it, but he was kind of gone by the time it really took over. But you see a movie like Psycho yeah. Two, and it probably does echo a lot of things Hitchcock would have done if he were to make a movie like that, where it has an increased vision of how to accomplish or how to, you know, keep up with the times while still having his own stamp on it by having more blood and more, you know, things that make it R rated as opposed mm-hmm. to just another one of his movies. And uh, Perkins possible. doesn't miss a beat at all. Oh, yeah, Perkins is Perkins. It's like he, it's like he just got done filming psycho and went to film psycho too. After he was, no. he was against it for the longest time, right? Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I think so. Okay. Well, moving on. Uh, sleep away camp. <laughs> yes. yes 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 more than just the ending folks it's a pretty fun it, movie before that well that was one of those you know back uh, all these slasher movies featured quote teenagers that looked like they were 30 this movie killed kids that looked like they were 15 16 years old which was mm-hmm. really unusual especially for that time so for even the surprise ending. I mean, this was this was a kind of controversial little. I mean, it featured a pedophile, creepy cook guy. I mean, this was a messed up movie. Yeah, that only got more messed up as it went along. Yeah. Um, let's see. Video Drone came out. We were talking about David Cronenberg last week, but he's certainly a factor in this decade as well. And a lot. Oh, more, he's a lot, huge factor. A lot more body yeah. horror going on this year. <laughs> yes, Video Drone. James Woods too. A, a fantastic performance. Really creepy, creepy movie. Deborah uh, Harry topless. Yep. Yeah, yeah. You can't beat that. Yeah, you, you see some stuff. <laughs> you do. You do. Yeah. you do. Should we should we mention quickly Thriller? John I was, no, I was I just, where I was, that's just where I was going to. Yeah, because we yeah. Did, we did mention you know uh, John Landis's you know work at horror comedy with American Werewolf in London, uh, but Thriller is in itself a very good horror movie that happens to be also a musical. Absolutely. But, I mean, it establishes Absolutely. a great amount of mood. There's a great, it's an amazing level of special of makeup effects work. And when I was young and watched Thriller, I was legit creeped out for the girl stuck in the house with zombie Michael Jackson coming after her. It was like, what's going to happen? Mm-hmm. I mean, it does a great job of, like, and that's something I, I mean, we don't need to get into Michael Jackson too much, but he was a huge film buff. Like you can tell, like he, you know, yeah. Captain EO is a Francis Ford Coppola movie. I mean, he, he wanted to get the best of the best. He, I mean, he has Martin Scorsese directing videos. Like he was a guy that loved these filmmakers and wanted to not only have people experience his music because of the music, but experience them in a way where he could show off them in these, these short films that were really effective. And Thriller is a damn effective horror movie. I agree. It's a price. It's a price. Oh. It's a price. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet, such a great, such a great thing. I love that. 
Let's go watch it. I, I watched yeah. it the other uh, the other day actually I had it I had it I actually had it on my iPad I was projecting it onto my white walls I saw a big version of Thriller which was a lot of fun. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. So here we are in 1984 now. Yeah, we get we get um we get I got Jason gets killed. Hold Jason, on. Yeah, because yeah, my personal okay. favorite Friday the Thirteenth movie where I mean it's the one that just nailed the formula. You get Joe Zito and Tom Savini teaming up for you know second time they did a one I really like a lot called The Prowler. That had mm-hmm. awesome Very special good, effects, but... and they kind of took it yeah. over to Friday the Thirteenth, and just I was this movie scared the crap out of me when I first saw it. Like, and I think it was because you have Corey Feldman as Tommy Jarvis, and he was kind of like my avatar mm-hmm. for someone close to my age watching that movie for the first time. Eighty four seems like a like a really str- like this seems like one of those like key years for horror movies and film too. There's and a lot film. of good films. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. There are. Yeah, you're right. Uh, but I mean, yeah, we got Friday the Thirteenth. We have Gremlins. We have um, Nightmare on Elm Street, which we'll get yes. to. I mean, we, which, we get... oh, at this time the slasher movies were out of gas, and Elm Street refueled it to finish out the decade. And like, yeah, and I've I've talked to you about this before, Brandon. But I, Elm Street's another movie where, and I appreciate it more. I like it more than Friday the Thirteenth. But it's one where I've always I've always appreciated the idea more than I like the actual movie. Um, just because I do kind of recognize, I see, I see, I feel like, I feel like the best way to say it is I, I feel like I see the strings. I feel like yeah. I, I see what's behind everything, and I don't find a particular, I don't find the movie itself particularly scary. But thinking about it and thinking about the idea, I do find very scary. Which is something I come back to when you get to New Nightmare in the '90s. I think that movie really delivers on the potential of a dream demon such as this. I think so. Well, I think the almost the story of how he kind of came up with the character is more frightening. Than the movie itself, like you know, he was a kid and looking out his window at night when and some dude in a fedora, like I think it, I think it was fedora. Probably have the story wrong, but he, he was walking the street and looks up at him and he's like freaking out because this guy's staring at him up yeah. in his room. That's terrifying. It is that's just creepy. That's that's like almost like uh what uh, what's that with strangers um uh, whatever. <laughs> well, you know yeah. what's funny too. A uh, fun fact is uh. How different would it be? Uh, Wes Craven wanted David Warner to play Freddy Krueger. <laughs> that was his original pick, but oh, Warner, yeah. I think he couldn't do it or something like that. But, yeah. I can't. I can't see. I mean, I guess I could see it for one film, but not for an entire series. <laughs> yeah. No. No. Yeah. I can't absolutely. see David Warner's Freddy's Dead movie. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, but yeah, moving on. Uh, we also have cannibalistic humanoid underground dweller. Uh, Chud. 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 That's just a fun one to kind of say. <laughs> uh, not as much to watch. Yeah, it is. But, um... The controversial uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night. Yep. Which yes. There had been killer. We we passed over them talking, but I believe there were like one to two movies already um, with a killer in a Santa Claus outfit. But this one was the one that just they said no, and actually opened the same weekend as Nightmare on Elm Street and topped it at the box office. Wow. They, pull, they pulled it. They pulled it on week two. Um, basically giving in the complaints, but it had already made its money back like threefold mm-hmm. by that time. So it, it was really like, okay, we got our money, let's go. It wasn't like, oh, you win. But and, and you watch this movie now, you're like, what in the world was <laughs> people complaining about? And what? And <laughs> yeah, it's, it's funny bad. thing too. This movie was clearly rated R, not marketed to kids. Like, what kids going to see it? Like, what? I don't. I, I don't. Think... I don't think they could see that. They couldn't. Back no. In the day, yeah, there was that rating. It was. It wasn't X. It wasn't NC-17. It was uh, basically no one under eighteen could see this movie. Maniac had that, which I think we skipped. Yeah, we, that, was back, yeah. that was back. That was back in eighty. Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, but a lot of these movies had that. Where you, uh, I think, uh, City of the Dead. I can't remember the name. A lot, a lot of these movies had that rating, and I think, if I'm not mistaken, Silent Night Deadly Night had that, that rating. Yeah, and and it was. It's I just could be wrong. Funny that, that they just and nobody who was protesting had seen the film. They were mad no, about the poster. Not. The mad about the poster with an arm of Santa Claus costume holding the axe chimney, going down yeah. the chimney, which is now a, a, an iconic image to me. Like that's classic slasher stuff but it's yeah, funny and well, it makes sense i mean they the killers they were just getting more creative with these costumes of course they're gonna wear something like, like this like mm-hmm. and then i think what was it uh leonard mall's like what's next the easter bunny is a child rapist <laughs> no but someone dressed as the easter bunny stabbing teens maybe like yeah or an easter bunny itself you know yeah horrible too. overreaction but this movie was hugely controversial at the time Mm-hmm. And, and nobody, mm-hmm. and now nobody remembers it. So not very. Yes, it's not a good movie at all. It's, it's cheesy. No. It's it's ridiculous. If anything, but... I tell people to watch the second one because you get all the good stuff from the first one. Plus, you get a comedically bad second film based around those clips. Oh, it's fantastic! Yeah, the the second one is by far a better better bad movie on every yeah. level. So um, we also Can have. I... You know, can I mention uh, Terror in the Isles? Because I, yes. you know, like the like the like you say the. The slasher films were kind of winding down a bit, and, and Terror in the Isles... With Donald Pleasance and, um, what's really, it, and Nancy Allen. Nancy Allen, yeah. yeah. It's a really Flip cool show. kind of best of all the... And the way they packaged it with them in the theater watching all terrified and audiences freaking out. I love this movie. I can watch this anytime. Just a fun, cool... And it, you know, it's so, so much fun to revisit a lot of these horror movies that came out around that time and, and, even, and, and earlier. It's a lot of... I, and I think it's available. I know it was available on the Halloween Two Blu-ray. If I'm yes, not mistaken, the first, or the Universal, the Universal one. Yeah, the Screen yeah, Factory. Yeah, yeah. Didn't have it. Yeah, which I is have the Universal one. I gotta mm-hmm. pop that in now. <laughs> you have you? Know, oh, dude, yeah, you need you need to watch it. It's it's just fun. Cool. It's fun and and it, it moves quickly and you know, hey, there you go. All right. Well, uh, let's see what else we got. Gremlins, eighty four. Um, I I love Gremlins. I I think this movie mm-hmm. it's so it's just so it's fun. Joe it's Joe oh, Dante awesome. doing like tons of like I argue it's probably Joe Dante's best movie. I'm trying to think of if I like a movie more than Gremlins from Joe Dante. Um, it might be his best. It might be his best. I can't. Th- I mean, and I like Joe Dante. I I, I like Gremlins too a lot also. <laughs> but um, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. And inner space is a lot of fun, but yeah, I think yeah, probably Gremlins. We're fun. we're kind of kind of missing uh, again with the Stephen King. We have Children of the Corn. Yeah, but I, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, it's only because thing... like I because I, I say that I, creepy children movies bother me, but Children of the Corn and Village of the Dam do like nothing for me. <laughs> they don't bother me for whatever reason. Maybe because they're on farms. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Yeah, we talked about Friday the We have Night of the Comet. Um. Which oh yeah, Jimmy, I love we, that. J- Jimmy, you had the um, the ladies of horror with Jason mm-hmm. um, earlier this oh, year, yeah. which is kind of fun. A, this movie holds up so well. It's just pure '80s popcorn, and it's such a blast. And God, they were so adorable together. They were Kelly Marie and, and Kathy Mary Stewart, and the nicest girls in the world. It was such an amazing pleasure getting to talk with them. I actually got to dance on stage with both of them, which was exciting. I, I was there to see that. You you were horrifying. there. Were you the one that filmed it? Someone actually I didn't film it. No. I think it's on YouTube. Yeah. But uh, it was yeah. Just just I'll put that link in the, the show notes. What? Yeah, absolutely. Have you seen the? Had you seen it before? No, I, yeah, I'd seen the movie. I was excited to to get the Blu-ray because I and like. 
and Brandon, you reviewed the Blu-ray for Lights of Blue. Mm-hmm. I, I was ex- I was excited to have it. Made my that. top ten that you have, I believe. Yeah, because it's a solid, solid release. But yeah, I saw it, but I hadn't mm-hmm. seen it on the big screen, obviously. So I was, yeah, that was super fun to do. Yeah, yeah, it was. A, it was I love that you always come to those. It's so much fun. I, I wanted you to do more of them. They're fun. Um, uh, hopefully we will. Yeah. Well, moving on, we got Razorback, uh, which I wanted to point out because I did see this in theaters last year as well, or earlier this year maybe. Um, from Russell Mulcahy. The uh, Have you guys seen Razorback? The I Australian Jaws. And, yeah, with Gregory Harrison. Mm-hmm. Australian Jaws. It. It's basically instead of a giant shark, it's a it's a it's a warthog, <laughs> and uh, oh, yes, a, a, a rather large one, and it's <laughs> it, sorry a wild boar in the Australian outback, and it's killing people. It's a fun. It's a like, I I wish I could see more Australian horror because it feels like the the outback provides a good landscape for this kind of movie. Because the Razorback, yeah. it's certainly cheesy, but it is pretty fun to watch. Uh, it, as far as kind of Jaws ripoffs go, it seems to be like one of the you know one of the better ones. Yeah. Um, let's see. Silent Night, Deadly Night. We talk. Okay, so let's move on. Let's get eighty five. Um. Now the, see now the movies are it's you're looking it's like it's kind of starting to the 80s the beginning of the 80s were amazing and then we're kind of like it kind of fades okay. out and, like, and we'll talk about oh, no, that. No, you got you got some big you like you got Friday some big night. ones. There are big ones coming. No, yeah, you, you got do. Friday night day, totally day, revamp day of the dead. I mean, Friday night is fantastic. Friday night is fantastic. Right, I love the makeup in Friday night. I I really love mm-hmm. the like the effects in Friday night are really cool. Um uh, as are, yeah. as is just the story in general, it's another fun horror comedy. I, it's not as you know top tier, I would say, as other horror comedies, but I do think it's a lot of fun. You oh, know, well, we've Hard, Hard Rock Zombies came out in this year. All right. Well, oh, we do have the, the Return of the Living Dead, is which is another oh, classic yeah. kind of horror comedy. I mean, I didn't love this when I first saw it. I had issues with it because I just thought it was silly, and I was a huge I'm a huge Night of the Living Dead fan. But this one has really grown on me, and really like now I watch it, and I, I just love it. But yeah, return, return of the Living Dead. Yeah, like I, I can appreciate it for what it is. It's just like it's, the, I don't know. It, it never really, never really drew me in as much as other kind of zombie comedies type things. I mean, it was very influential though, because zombies never well, the, the said whole brains thing. before. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and then you had more which is, I think the, uh, I think the one of. of one that the other horror comedy, which is far superior, is Reanimator. Oh yeah, I love I yeah, love, I love Reanimator. It was the beginning of the Stuart Gordon, uh, Jeffrey Coombs, and uh, Barbara. Um, Barbara Compton. Barbara Compton. Yeah. Barbara Compton. Yeah, her, Crampton, her their run of making these little movies, little horror movies. <laughs> yeah, and, but yeah, Reanimator. I see. I really like that. There's so much like. And that's not even like I don't think anyone's ever been scared by a Reanimator. Would anyone be scared? Oh by, God, I mean, no, that movie never no. seems to be scary. Maybe ever. uncomfortable, but they, I, I yeah, don't especially and uncomfortable less because of the gore, probably more because of the weird sexual stuff going on with yeah. you know, the head of the, the the dean or whatever. I mean, there, it's it's a uh, Reanimator. It just it's so much fun to watch that movie and just so like kind of the way it handles gore and nudity it's just like it's it's like the the hard the, the is it even r or is it unrated oh it's r right it's well, r, yeah. Yeah, no it's, yeah. i think it was unrated maybe it was unrated in its day maybe it was unrated is it, yeah i, I and by the way i just gotta say but it is barbara crampton and crampton. we said her name wrong so i yeah, apologize sorry, yeah. and she is still a stunningly hot lady she's oh just, yeah she's gorgeous and really nice if you if you get a chance to see her in your next she was great in that and it's good to see her back and she's gonna be in a movie be called the divine tragedies I, I, she's she's cool i like her 
Big fan. So there you go. But yeah, reanimate. Jeffrey Combs is hilarious. Mm-hmm. You know, cat dead. Talk later. I mean, there's like there's just little things throughout that movie <laughs> <laughs> that just make me have so much fun. Um, yeah, I you know this is also the year of one of my probably my one of my favorite Dario Argento films, and that's Phenomena. Oh, Don Pleasanton. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I think it's all, also one of the most underrated of his because it's that's a, I'm not, I'm not talking the cut than, one. Yeah, it's more poppy, yeah. but man, that's a lot of fun. Yeah, um, that's all we have to say about that. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Let's, let me get, let's, get, let's, let's get back to Day of the Dead for a minute because I do. Okay. That is, okay. I think that is worth talking about. I mean, we have Night of the Living Dead and Dawn of the Dead, which we, you know, recognizes some of the, I mean, greatest horror films. I would say, or certainly the best of the zombie films, or some of the best of the zombie films ever made. Day of the Dead does it does feel like it feels like a drop off for me. Um, and, oh, it is. It is. And it, and it comes from yeah, he had a reduced budget because he wanted to do something his way. But even the writing just feels. I I don't know if there's a better movie. That comes out of this if he had more money to work with it. I didn't. Yeah, well, it's, I mean, this, it seems like they really, really, with this one, more than any of the other two even, focused on the gore. The gore... I mean, yeah, Savini's in full effect here. Yeah, yeah. This, the gore is fantastic. So that, it seems like they put all their money into that and just, it's like, yeah, we don't really need it. The actors aren't really that great, but... It, it, there's some really interesting ideas in here, and I think it, this was one of the movies that really kind of shaped the way we see zombies now, especially like Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. It really did. I think I think it's it's it, it's one that not necessarily it's not necessarily a great movie, but it's had it had a pretty huge cultural impact. Speaking of, this was another movie that was unrated. You couldn't get into as a if you're a kid if you're under eighteen, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I, I yeah, David. I mean, I like it. I like it more. I think it's maybe because it was one I watched least coming up, and so every time I watch it now, yeah. it's like surprising. And I mean, yes, there's some like roads and some of his cronies that have a bit are uh, bit over the top. It's and just too much for me. Acting. Yeah. But I yeah. mean. Just, I mean, there's goofiness in Dawn of the Dead too, with the bikers at the end. There's some there, yeah, there is, but for like, I feel like, yeah, the, I feel like, works, I feel like the movie earns it more. I guess, like, I feel yeah. like you sit for so long watching these characters, you know, kind of change with the way of life, and then you get to like a very large, an, an ending that's, you know, it's much different, and it kind, of, it feels like it is, it comes and relieves you of the stress of these people living in this world, which is, you know, enjoyable and interesting, but also like, it's so like. It's bleak, and this movie's just bleak without giving you much else. It's just a bunch of jackass characters being real dicks to everybody in the movie, mm-hmm. mixed with great zombie effects. And and it, and it does it. And I know it's it's like it's like probably a half hour shorter than Dawn of the Dead, but it feels long to me every time I watch Day of the Dead. It feels yeah. like I'm because I just hate these, I hate most of these characters beyond the like but cult appeal of them. When you compare it to like a lot of like other zombie movies and a Fair, lot of like yes, Italian yeah. ripoffs coming at the time. This is like high class. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I said already that yes, I'm not a big uh, fan of zombie two, except for zombie sharks and, and, you know, uh, eye gouge, but yeah, day of the dead, certainly, you know, it's a high, it's a higher level. I take a day of the dead over any of these damn resident evil movies. I mean, it's, what was that? What was the doctor's name in the, I can't remember. In day of the dead. In day of the dead. Oh, it's, oh, yeah. um, uh, uh, he has the long hair. What's his name? Um, 
like he's Frankenstein, right? In the Frankenstein, like, yeah. It uh, sounds yeah. just like uh, Regis Philbin. That always threw me off when I hear him. Like, yeah, the way he talks. Is, <laughs> it yeah. sounds just uh, like Regis Philbin. Well, here's the thing. Like, Brandon, when, when did the Day of the Dead Blu-ray get the Screen Factor Blu-ray? Was it this year or last year? Last year. Last and they had, year. like, that awesome hour-and-a-half documentary. <laughs> See, and you say it's awesome. My only issue with that documentary is it's very self-aggrandizing. They're very much praising, like, how great they all are as far as the actors go. And whatnot. Uh, I mean, that for years of... that was considered, I mean, it's getting more recognition as years go by but for a long time they they were looked upon as like a failure mm-hmm. so i mean for them to go to conventions and see that people like this movie and see a lot of the fans i mean they i think yeah, yeah. they can they can gloat now okay i mean i mean where yeah. did a lot of them go career wise this is all they have so yeah exactly uh we had another friday the 13th a new beginning which is slee which is yeah, uh, well, sleaze ball mass masterpiece i you know, Diamond it's directed it. Underrated movie. It's it is it's, it's because of that ending. People got pissed off. Yeah, but I mean that movie. I just there's something about it. Like this is like if you could make like just sleazeball slasher. Like take all like what you think of them and put them into one and make it like super sleazy. It's it's perfect. And it was directed by Danny Steinman, who made like yeah porn. He made like a porno, and yeah. he made a great he made a great sleazy movie that I like too with Linda Blair called Savage Streets, mm. which is awesome. Um, but I I have this That's weird appreciation for so the Thirteen so Part Five just because it's so crazy, it's so random. It's like I said, I'm gonna say sleaze again because that's the perfect word to describe the movie. But I have a weird appreciation for that movie. If you want to get some, if you want to see like a trippy mind warp look at linda blair's career after the exorcist and just see all yeah. the weird movies that she chose to do oh my god yeah, yeah. um women's let's see. prison queen we also Should we talk about i what we have nightmare on elm street too freddy's revenge yeah yeah that's where i was kind going. of notorious the first gay horror yeah film, it's, right? it's, it is not actually we, no? we missed one from 19 i think it was 80 or 81 fear no evil uh wow Wow. I mean, keep in mind, this was the, let's jump back a little bit. Fear No Evil has a scene with a bunch of completely full frontal nude guys and two of them kiss. Oh. This is well, the 80s. Sleepaway and this Camp is had t- some, Sleepaway Camp had some homosexual undertones. Oh, yeah. But did, that too, yeah. Yeah, but Fear No Evil, man, that was that. That was the I, – I kept thinking it was this film, Nightmare on Elm Street 2, that was very, you know – but, man, if you want to see a gay slasher film from the 80s, fear no evil. But Now, what do you – okay, what are you, is your guys' take on Nightmare on Elm Street 2? I, I kind of think it holds up better than it's, I remember as the years it as go well. by, it's As the years go by, it's better. When I was first growing up, it was one of my least favorites. Oh, but then yeah, I, then I Then it got to a point where I found it, like, comedic. And now I've kind of like gone back and found a found a little more appreciation for it. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. But I've always been uh, amazed with Mark Patton in the film, and he actually I don't like like to go to conventions and stuff like that, but like he showed up at one here in town. And I was like, I have to go to that. I, I it was like one of his first ones because he disappeared after that movie. Nice. He moved to Puerto Vallarta, yeah, Mexico. Did. Swore off acting. Still like there. That. Still, Still there, there. yeah. That's an art friend. gallery, yeah. And <laughs> I, I went there and I talked cool to him dude. for like an hour. Yeah, he's a great guy, and um, yeah, but he he got me to go to a convention, so I will. <laughs> I have a lot of praise for that. But then, no, the movies it's a 
Is and then you had uh, Meryl, Meryl Streep was in that one. Oh, Kim Myers, who looked like oh, yeah. was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Kim Myers, who was aged better than Meryl Streep. <laughs> Robert. Yeah, she has, actually. She, she looks, I, I think, I have, you know, she's one I got to revisit. Be a good wear in the horror of now, because I call her. Yeah, she well, she's like, she's uh, a lot younger than Meryl Streep, too, though. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. Um, yeah, Robert Russler, fresh off Weird Science. Weird who Robert science. Downey Jr. dropped him off at the audition for Nightmare on Elm Street too. Um, let's see, last thing in '84 we or '85 we have um we have Once Bitten, which I just want to mention because it's one of Jim Carrey's first movies. So. Coming to Blu-ray, there next. you go. Coming to Blu-ray very soon, yeah. Um, We're missing a lot, but you know, we are. But, but I mean, we got that much time, and you know, we got to keep moving. Um, shame. So we get to '86. Um, chopping mall, chopping oh mall. My God. You wait, 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 chopping, chopping mall. mall Chopping wow, Mall, awesome. Chopping Mall, I, I actually talked to Kelly Maroney about that. The, when she, yeah, where's when we the Blu-ray? I don't know. That's a good question. We need one because that movie rocks. Yeah, that's a good. I would love to see that in a theater with people. Like that seems like a lot of fun. Getting back to a movie what? that's a little more important, though. Let's talk about Aliens for a second. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, uh, that happened. Yeah, that happened. Yeah. James Cameron's other movie from the '80s. Yeah, uh, kind of popular. Yeah. <laughs> We didn't really talk about the Terminator either, but that I mean that that's eighty four. That is a horror movie through and through. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's, absolutely, it's absolutely. A slam. And I, I would actually say Aliens is less of a horror film. I agree, it's more, more of an action, action yeah. movie. And it and it I I always I'm I'm kind of in the weird camp that I kind of prefer Alien to Aliens. I don't know, but that's not But with that said, Aliens is a perfect perfect action flick it's really good and it it really set the bar high for for the movies to come after it still I mean, you it know, still remembers its horror roots i mean there's some there's mm-hmm. many suspense sequences like, yeah i mean there's a scene where ripley and newt are just in the evil paul riser locks them into the room and mm-hmm. I, it's always evil paul riser with me uh but yeah. he locks them into a room and you know lets them try they have to fend for themselves as a face hugger's crawling around and you, you know what they're you know what they do at this point so it's like this is terrifying yeah well, no, there's, absolutely. there's newt in the water with the the tail yeah popping up I, I mean yeah there's plenty of sequences that are just mm-hmm. I, but yeah it, aliens is, it certainly is a horror movie yeah, I agree, Jimmy. It is a it is a very perfect action movie as well. And I I prefer this is one of the uh, this is a scenario where I prefer the theatrical cut of this movie completely through and through. Like the less I see of LV four twenty six, the the more haunted and scary of a ghost town it is. That's a good that's a good way to put it, I guess. I because I, I do I like both cuts. I don't mind. Like, I like that we don't know what they're going into. I feel that's, like I, I guess if like if I if there's one thing I wanted to take from the from James Cameron from the director's cut that I'd put into the theatrical cut and leave everything else out. I do like the tur- the turret stuff, the turret gun stuff. I oh did. yeah, that's what, that creates some suspense. That does create a lot. Mm-hmm. I think that creates a lot because you, you, I mean, it's basically an unstoppable force of aliens coming, and all these bullets are running out of these of the setup of turrets they have. I think that's a really cool scenario. And then you get to that later scene where they're, you know, they're coming right at them and they don't know where they are. Then they look up in the ceiling and then they're all crawling at them. It's really cool. Very true. But, yeah. but I mean, the big the big thing when okay. people wanted to see was the the Newtoner family stuff, and that 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 is cool to see if you're a fan and you finally get to see it. But I. I just prefer that. Yeah, it's, I, yeah, I don't not being that. in the movie. Yeah, um, and of course, Sigourney no, Weaver. Yeah. Ter- well, Sigourney Weaver's terrific in that movie, and she got an Oscar uh-huh. nomination, which is amazing. <laughs> yes, yeah, so a well deserved one. Well deserved. Well, She's so great. Now. As you were talking about, kind of horror, act, you know, actors and horror movies, and not getting the credit they deserve. That's one of the ones that kind of broke through because I mean, 
it's a very emotional performance, but it's also a very physical mm-hmm. performance, and you really see that. Like it's the and it's uh, unexpected that they would give that for an Oscar too. For sure, that kind of movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's still shocking to this day. I mean, the ones I think of offhand that would get like something like that, I really wish like Linda Hamilton got one in Terminator Two as well. I think it's a very similar kind of performance. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Can we move on to Class of Newcom High or next? Oh <laughs> yes, <laughs> sure. Class of Newcom High is fun. Yeah, it's it's the problem is there's really not a lot to say about that movie. Well, it's why kind of it? ridiculous. I, would, I don't even look at that as horror. It's yeah, I don't even know why it's in here. I don't yeah. even know why. It's, I, I get it. Yes, it's kind of apocalyptic and kind of ridiculous. But man, that's that's a silly movie. That's a silly freaking movie. The trauma. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's there's course. Toxie and then there's you know I, I think you've never seen these, Aaron. I haven't. No. We haven't told, we haven't talked about trauma and like Lloyd Cobb and stuff. You. I don't think we're really in the thick of it too. They had graduation day, but that, I think that was a purchase that they just. Yeah, well, it, 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 that was a purchase. That was that, that was just another. I, I think that was graduation day Canadian, or was a. Uh, I I may be wrong, but it, it, it was one of those little Chinese slasher flicks that you know. So that's a pretty good one, though, actually. Um, let's see what else we have here. We have uh, we have critters. <laughs> Um, yeah. which, which has some cool sci-fi like stuff. And anyone who I gotta say, anyone who didn't think Michael Rook, what Jimmy? Yeah. Oh, you hear me now? Yeah, I hear you now. Well, I was actually gonna say if people, you know, people thought uh, think Michael Rooker is cool now. Oh man, Henry, the Henry portrait of serial killer. Yeah, that movie is disturbing. It is. It's very. Yeah, I completely yeah. agree. And, that. If, if, and for people, I tell people. This, by the way. Uh, I, I tell people who, you know, sometimes people don't get, like, Rob Zombie. I point them to Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. And you might understand Rob Zombie a little better, too, with his films. Between that and... That is know, a fantastic movie. That and, like, ter- and, you know, Texas Chain. I mean, Toby Hooper. I well, mean, yeah. yeah. That's the obvious one. But there's a little... I mean, there's a there's, little, yeah, there's there's a lot of Henry in, in the attitude of his movies. For, yeah, I completely agree. And, yeah, Henry... That is a, that is a, that is a frightening movie. Because it is, you know, it's so real. <laughs> <'Cause> that's <laughs> yeah. terrifying. Um, we have the fly, another you know Cronenberg. I mean, this and is a great remake. Another great remake, another great body horror movie from Cronenberg. Another great couple performances from Goldblum and Gina Davis. And John gets fun in there too. Um, but I mean, we're in, we're in the year where we have Aliens and Gordon Weaver getting an Oscar nomination. The fly. There's some terrific work being done by the actors in this movie. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I would put that up there somewhere around the the thing. Maybe not quite as good as the thing, but still pretty great. And yeah, and um. Talked about Henry. There's the Hitcher with Rucker Howard. Do you guys like the Hitcher? Okay. Like, I feel like it gets a lot yeah, of credit. Yeah, I like Rucker Howard. Like really Hitcher great. Quite a bit. He, he yeah, carries. yeah. And it's Absolutely. got a little shocker of an ending too. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, it's just yeah. It's a movie where it's like, all right, like it's it's fine. I just I don't really have much much about the Hitcher. Yeah. Well, just look at the remake and then watch the original and then you'll. you'll oh get yeah, appreciation yeah. for it. I mean, the the remake of Prom Night looks Prom Night look makes Prom Night look amazing. So I mean, there's. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, I did love Prop Night, so the we first get, one. We get another Friday the 13th, Jason Lives. Which is, if you watch one Friday the 13th, make it four or six, because six has a lot of self-referential humor while still mm-hmm. maintaining horror, and it's a really fun movie. It's, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't take itself seriously, and it does, and it's got a lot of cool action stuff. It's like action Jason. He's more Terminator-esque. Mm. Yeah, and, no, that, that's a, that, it's a, it's really funny and really, uh, uh Tom McLaughlin did a hell of a job with this movie. It's so much fun. And it makes Jason, like, classic monster-ish, too. 
Mm-hmm. Just the first one with Zombie Jason. Uh, so moving on, we then get to Little Shop of Horrors, because we've been talking about kind of horror and comedy and musicals and how that's blended every now and then. A Little Shop of Horrors with Frank Oz directing. I, lo- I really like this movie a lot. I, I think there's a, it's kind of... I love the attitude of this movie, of the, of the way the music plays with it, and just the, the kind of hilarious performances that come with a movie that involves a, a plant eating people. Mm. And it makes me wish to... I mean, Rick Moranis is good in this movie. But, uh, Maybe the best thing James Belushi's ever done? <laughs> That's that's maybe fair. Mm-hmm. Let's see. We have Maximum Overdrive, which Stephen which we King promised to scare already. the hell out of you. Yeah, yeah. We we can. I'll just link to the trailer for that movie. That yeah. Just so all you need Maximum. to see. Yeah. Um, um, Night yeah. of the Creeps. Can we say something about that? Yeah, for sure. I was going. Because Tom Atkins oh, is do. the man, and that movie is a ton of fun. If you haven't seen it, and you don't, and you're not, you're on the fence about Tom Atkins. See that movie, and you'll want to like debed him as quick as Jamie Lee Curtis did in The Fog. <laughs> let's see i want to skip ahead i want to go to up to te- texas chainsaw massacre too because i said i'd do that in the yes. last episode um this is a weird movie but it's a very fun movie and it's also it's different from the first texas chainsaw massacre it's the best it's one of the only texas chainsaw movies that is like builds on the first one and is different at the same time which is very it's, much again yeah. something like what rob zombie did with his first with his movies with house of, house of a thousand corpses and devils and devil's rejects where it's it builds off the first thing, but does something completely different. And we'll save that for the next podcast, I guess. But Texas Chainsaw 2, it's such a... Because the first one's so... It's like, you get it's that docudrama feel, but it has that kind of visceral impact, despite not seeing much gore or whatnot, because it feels like it's it's real. It feels like it's throwing you right there in your face because of the way it's filmed. This movie, it's... I guess it's like... Well, what's the best way to describe it? Like, more sly, I guess? Like more... Uh, it's, it's, it's going for the comedy... But it's also got one of the best jump scares I've ever witnessed. Which one are you thinking of? The radio store with Chop Top just oh. walking around talking to her, and Leatherface just busts out. It's it, it can still get me hmm. nowadays. But it's when Leatherface first appears, not on the car, when he first appears in the radio yeah. station, that is a awesome jump scare. And I must say that Bill Mosley makes this movie. Like oh yeah, he, who will go on to star in a lot of Rob Zombie him, films because you clearly see the talent there. But he's amazing. Yeah, he's he's a, he is he, him and Caroline Williams is such a unique uh, final girl. To have here too, I really, I've, I've always really, something about her little Texas charm. I don't know what it is, but she's pretty fun to follow. Jimmy, you there? And I am there. I don't know if you hear me, so I, I can't. can't. We haven't heard listen. you a bit, so what, what, just quick. Yeah, Texas Chainsaw too. You, you, you like uh, it? Oh yeah, I, I love it. I, I, it's one of those weird ones that I didn't like as I, when I first viewed viewed it. Uh, very different, very bizarre. I love that opening car chase scene, though, that, that with the chainsaw. That was kind of brilliant. I do too. Like, yeah, it, it actually that move that scene does scare me because it's just such a it, it's like, crazy. It, it starts. It is. It's crazy. It starts off kind of like fun and like look at these guys driving in a car and oh like there's a crazy thing going on and then it quickly turns into oh no this is this is going to result in death like if somebody does <laughs> yeah. something wrong. and Leatherface as much as I I mean as much as the first film gives me more to kind of fear in Leatherface than this one does. There's something terrifying about this guy who just suddenly just starts raising a chainsaw and like start throwing it around at you. It's like, oh my god! Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Well, and then, and then yeah. the, the the reveal of that guy's head, it's like, oh my god, that is just messed up on every level. Yeah, and then um, well, you get a weird performance from Dennis Hopper too. Dennis Hopper as like the chainsaw slinging cowboy trying to stop the <laughs> that scene where he's like just. I, when he goes to the chainsaw shop and buys the little ones and stuff, and he goes outside and he's just, oh my gosh, it's terrific. Uh, let's see. Anything else from here? I mean, we got a Poltergeist Which sequel. Which board? Okay. Which board is good, uh, especially with Ouija coming out. It's kind of which board was the 
you know, I think that it's kind of like a weird Tawny Katane movie, but it was fun. I guess they couldn't cash in on the the witchboard name, so they just made Ouija instead. Well, the, the, it was originally called, wasn't it originally called Ouija, and they had to change it last minute. Who Hasbro got? I think so. Yeah, I think I think there was a I problem so. with that title. Same with Night of the Demons that he later made, hmm. and there was like that one had to like they had the movie already cut with that title, and they had to like draw over. Okay, so let's uh let's jump ahead now. Let's get to uh. Ace. You know what? I do want to yeah, yeah. I do want to mention uh, Slaughter High. If you've <laughs> never seen that, oh my god, that's the weirdest movie. And the, the guy who plays the film's killer committed suicide right after the film was made. Hmm. And it's like yeah, that's right, yeah, because. But to forty-year-olds twisted, and it, you can kind of see why. I mean, he's kind of victim. They, they, they have him in this prank scene, which is just degrading, really awful. It's almost embarrassing to watch. Oh yeah, yeah, it's really odd because they put that weird-looking condom on him, and yeah, yeah, and then yeah, you have it's, Caroline it's Monroe really, in her mid-forties trying to play movie. eighteen. Well, they all were. They were all looked like they were forty playing yeah. like seventeen-year-olds. Uh, I'm like serious. Seriously, but yeah, that I just had to mention that. It's a bizarre movie people should check out. So as we get to like the later part of the 80s here, we get to the last three years, there's certainly some seminal films that I still can mention, but is it, is it, is it kind of fading, or is there something like, is, no, you, is, is there like a reason? Yeah. 88, horror hits like the last high before Scream, and then when you get to 89 is like the year like the, the MPA went crazy on everybody. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and yeah, it exactly. basically you can go by the main franchise here franchises here. You look at look at Halloween, the uh, Friday the Thirteenth Part Eight, Jason Takes Manhattan. Not oh, a popular yeah. film. I think it's kind of fun if you don't take your Jason oh, seriously. People oh, hate it. Gosh, you I get you get Halloween <laughs> Five: the, Reven- the Revenge of Michael Myers, which is one of the most you know not fan friendly movies in that series. And then you get you Nightmare on Elm Street Five: The Dream Child. And from there, just it was bleak until Scream. And I don't think the 90s are as bad as people will make out to be, but I think it's because of the franchises. The main big franchises were fading because once Chucky hit the 90s, he had his like Child's Play 3, which was pretty boring. And like just the, the big slasher franchises were really fading, and that seemed to be what people thought of when they thought of horror because it was so dominant in the 80s. So they thought horror was fading, but really it was just... The franchise slasher seemed to be fading. There's some good stuff was, that come. In the yeah, 90s. it was just changing. It was simply changing. There was. It certainly... was looking for what was next, and what was next wasn't really coming Which, yet. It's funny because you like both horror and James Bond died in '89 and then came back yeah. in the mid '90s. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um. But yeah, I mean, backing up a bit, we do have we do have a number of good things. Now. I'm just going to read off a bunch of titles so we don't keep going on it. But we have uh, we have Peter Jackson's first. But we have bad or not his first. We have Bad Taste. Bad Taste um, is awesome. Mm-hmm. You, you you have. Yeah. Uh, oh. Uh, we have there's Predator in here. There's Child's Play, uh, Prince of Prince of a Phant- Phantasm of Two, Phantasm Two, Phantasm Two, really uh, good movie. E- Evil yep. Dead Two, which I consider one to be one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, yeah, uh, yes, we, absolutely. We have Hell. We have the first Hellraiser, mm-hmm. Jaws: The Revenge, of course. No need to mention more about that. Oh, you wow. mentioned Bad yeah. Taste. Can I mention something about the '80s? There's a genre in the horror genre that I don't think ever would happen again, and that's like the like effects movie like this movie is only made because effects and then you know bad taste seems like one of those but like um terror vision do you remember terror vision oh yeah yeah these movies just seem like to only exist because of like oh i made this costume or i made this effect and we're trying to make something out of it like i don't see that genre happening in any other decade 
Yeah, that's fair. I mean, it's I, just like it's it, like it's like Sam Sam Raimi's Evil Dead. I mean, that's not exactly the same thing, but I certainly see yeah. kind of a similarity there, especially you know even when he gets to like Drag Me to Hell in 2010. I mean, he's trying to echo that similar type of deal where it's just like let's just put things through hell and make things happen and that are all wacky and zany and kind of gorish. But no, mm-hmm. I definitely with bad taste. Yeah, I definitely see what you're talking about, Brandon. Where it's just like we just purely made this because of effects, and they look really weird now. And they're, I can find them kind of fun, but like I can see people going back to these being like, "What in the heck am I watching? What's the purpose of this?" You got a couple of vampire movies in '87 too. You get The Lost Boys, and you get Near Dark, mm-hmm. um, which are both you know decidedly different from the average vampire film, I would say. Which I mean was bringing vampires cool, which was the result of Fright Night because Fright Night brought vampires from being like just gothic creatures. Yeah, into mm-hmm. kind of pop culture into, fun. Yeah, and you didn't have well, that, to be Dracula to be a vampire. You could be that same year. You also have, I think, it was that same year. I think is a far superior vampire flick, and that's Near Dark. That's why I said Lost Boys. Bigelow, I yeah. said Lost Boys yeah. and Near Dark. Yeah, but uh, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you. I think I. Uh, it kind of disappeared on me. I, I'm I'm having a moment. Yeah. Well, here's the thing, and I just tweeted about this the other day. I don't get Near Dark. I don't get the love for that movie. I appreciate. Really? I appreciate the idea of it, and I think yeah, Bill Paxton's cool. But I just I hate the main story so much. Like I feel like Adrian Pazdar is like the country boy that gets hooked into all this. He's so boring and bland, and I hate everything about his romance oh, how plot. How dare you? <laughs> And How dare you? I mean, every like Bill Paxton's cool. I, I give you that. He's a really. I mean, he's you know he's he's a badass vampire, and I like I like the idea of Lawrence of Lawrence Lance Hendrickson being a Civil War <laughs> vampire. Um, but it just like I, like even like the kid who's like you know he's like a hundred you know hundreds of years old, but he's still in a kid's body, that kind of thing. It's just like all right, like. It's okay. I, just don't, I don't love Near Dark in the same way that a lot of people seem to. Ugh. Have you seen the new like cover they have for that on home video that tries to make it Twilight looking? Haven't no. Yes, yeah, oh terrible. My gosh. I, oh. I don't care. Yeah, I love it. Bad. I mean, I, again, I love the Bill Paxton character. I'm, I'm happy looking at that. So, <laughs> can, can we talk about so we don't? Um, can we talk about Pumpkinhead? Sure. Which is like the last yeah, great we'll like too. practical monster probably before cg would start taking over mm-hmm. like this like stan winston creation it's just awesome like and i think the movie's actually really pretty uh you know really good too and it's the only thing stan winston the big effects man ever directed you know it's i that's one of those movies i can't watch as a dad because it's oh, too gosh. upsetting it was brutal as a you it's know when i was young and then like as a father i just had to re- i didn't review it but i watched the the new blu-ray and yeah it's rough it's brutal it's brutal, yeah. That that opening sequence is just like, ah, you're just killing me. Too much. A great movie. I, I think I think it's really one. Of, it's a shame, you know. It's a shame that there are a lot of really great ideas coming out, and they're trying so hard to make franchise out of them, but they they just the sequels are just terrible. Well, they're coming out, you know, yearly. As I'm not getting much. To, I mean, it's yeah. There's just not a there's, the ideas are kind of there, and they get who they can, but yeah, they just don't kind of flesh it out enough in the same way that. They seem to now, which I get, we we can get to again on next week's show. When we talk about things like the Saw franchise or the Paranormal Activity franchise, and how they they seem to be very focused on creating a level of continuity that fans can really appreciate, as opposed to just being kind of insert this here with like the Friday the Thirteenth films and even the Night. Would you say the Nightmare on Elm Street films have like a a respect for con? Like, there's not really much yes, to go on. Of all it. the of all the big guys, yeah. I mean, Michael has the best original Holy, movie, yeah. but like I think Freddy has the most consistent franchise storyline you could even include part two even though they they try to forget it right after with part three but i mean you could even watch that in order and feel like it goes 
from Fred from the first one to Freddy's Dead have like a nice it even into Freddy versus Jason, there's that Elm Street seems to have that continuity down better and they don't give up. They don't bail on things. Yeah, because the whole town is like has yeah. a curfew and or whatever and all that stuff. Like it, yeah. Well, and it, it even it is even one of those franchises, like you know, all big franchises has the trilogy within the series with uh Dream Warriors, uh Dream Master and Dream Child are all this little own concealed trilogy. Yeah. Like J- Jason has the Tommy Jarvis trilogy and Michael has the Jamie Lloyd trilogy, which are all just like with you know, nestled within a bigger franchise. Yeah. So I I'd love to keep going, but I mean honestly we're we're going really long as it is with this eighties stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I was like when we started I'm like, you know, I have to finish by nine. Now it's uh nine forty five. I mean I'd love to go into Killer Clowns oh, Matter oh. Space. Um yes. I'd love to go into yes. Predator, um which is again one of my favorite movies. Well outside. you know what I, I wanna give a I wanna give a quick I wanna give a quick shout out to one of my favorite um um Scream Queens that doesn't get Jimmy. Well, she's not gonna get. She's not uh, gonna get much credit now. now. Yeah, Jimmy. Hello. Hey, you're back. You're back. You were saying about a scream queen. Who I, is it? Who do you want? I'm back. Yeah, no, I, I wanted to just give a shout out to uh, Deborah Foreman and, and Amy Steele. Both of them are, are oh, Amy really, Steele, really yes. strong scream queens of that time. Oh yeah, but Deborah Foreman, look at her career. Look at uh, Waxwork, April Fool's Day. She was great as Muffy and Buffy. Come yeah. on, you have to give credit. Oh for yeah, that. and she was as cute as possibly could be, and she's still is gorgeous by the way uh, I, I that's my you know we also we like to think about little shout outs to like unheard of movies uh, i want to just give a give pups a couple of scream queens that I, I i found really awesome and great and they were both in april fool's day that's another that's a movie we made another person another scream queen that you don't hear much about is uh is it jill uh Shulin or whatever jill Shulin, so, yeah Shulin from like stepfather popcorn and cutting class like She's someone I really like that, you know, you never hear brought up too, which also, yeah, a couple of slashers I didn't mention that I like Stepfather, like that one, and uh, My Bloody Valentine, we didn't even talk about that one. I think we can talk about that when we get to the remake. Yeah, My Bloody Valentine yeah. is great, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's great, yeah. Absolutely. Let me read an email that Jimmy, that, uh, that Jason sent me real quick because he wasn't able to make it this week. Okay. He wanted to add some Forgotten Friday flicks. Um, because that's what he's what he's something he does. Uh, so here he has Jason's 80s forgotten flick recommendations. He has anthology fans. 1983 anthology film Nightmares with early Emilio Estevez, Lance Henriksen, and Bishop of Battle. Um, for Camp Factor, he has 1985 Larry Cohen flick The Stuff, starring Michael Moriarty oh, yeah. about creamy liquid that fights back. And then he has horror meets comedy. 1986 comedy horror Vamp. I agree. It's great. For, it's great. Great for, movie. Vamp for Hot Dee Dee Pfeiffer yes. and Deadly Grace Jones. So thanks, Jason, for uh, <laughs> adding your, your input here. I know you would have loved to be on this podcast with us. Yeah, anything else, guys, before we like, wrap it up here? Well, I guess that's clear. We love the 80s. All right. So, uh, yeah, we, I mean, there's still tons that we could have talked about. But, yeah, the 80s, obviously, is a very big decade for horror for a number of reasons. But, yeah, with that said, we do got to, we got to wrap it up here. We're trying to keep these, you know, fun little bonuses. <laughs> and we're going, like, way longer than any other <laughs> one. Uh, I can't imagine what we're going to do next week. But, yeah. Um, with all that in mind, real quick, Jimmy, where can people find more of your work online? You can find me at joeblow.com, arrowinthehead.com, uh, James Oster on Facebook, and Jimmy to the O on Instagram and Twitter. Brandon? Uh, you can find me on my blog, Naptown Nerd, um, naptownnerd.blogspot.com. You can find me at Why So Blue. And if you like hearing me talk about slashers, I talked about He Knows You're Alone for about an hour on the Forgotten Films podcast a couple weeks ago. You can find a link to that in my blog. Very cool. We I'll need to have a conversation about that one, by the way. Sometime. <laughs> I'll, right. put a, I'll put a link to that in the show notes, Brandon, too. Okay. Um, yeah, you can find me at Aaron's PS4 on Twitter. Fantastic. 
thecodazeek.com for my website for film reviews and whatnot and Lysa Blue as well. Um, you can find out now everywhere you can find podcasts, iTunes, uh, Potomatic, SoundCloud, everything. Email us out now, podcast at gmail.com. Let us know your favorite films of the 80s. We do have a contest going. I forgot to mention this at the top, but we do have a horror contest going. If you email us at out now, podcast at gmail.com, let us know your favorite horror film from each decade. Um, we you know submit that entry and you know possibly able to win a whole bunch of horror Blu-rays. Next week's show, we're talking about the 90s up until the present. Uh, so we'll have slash more slasher films, satire, parody, remakes, haunted house stuff, found footage stuff, torture porn, zombies, sequels, team ups, 3D, and more. So lots of lots to cover <laughs> because this is we have like two and a half decades to work with to end this whole series, but uh, should be exciting enough. So um, uh, Brandon, J- Jimmy, thank you both for joining us. Joining thank me. Thank you for letting us blab and blab and blab and blab and blab about the 80s. Absolutely. Yeah, and um, I hope you guys, the listeners, have been enjoying this. I feel like you guys have, actually. I've seen some responses that have been really you know, worthwhile because it makes me feel happy that this was a fun idea that we could put together, especially for Jimmy. Thank you for coming up with this once again because this has been fun to do for the past couple of weeks. And, um, yeah, until next time. Absolutely. Yeah, until next time when we talk, you know, 90s to now, that's going to do it. So, so long and You saw me standing alone Without a dream in my heart Without a love of my own Blue moon, you knew just what I was there Dang, 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 dang,